Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live from a beautiful Sydney Portia Sunday evening. Not the morning slot this week. We've got the evening. We've got all eight games done. A lot of people question why we do the morning slot on the Sunday before the Sunday ticket. Um, obviously, with busy lives, Jack and I, we've got to sometimes get in very early today. We have done, we have waited for all eight games. We have a full view on the, on the round at the end of round 22. We feel like we're, uh, we're well equipped to talk the greatest game of all, as always, coming to us live from Melbourne, Victoria, former lockdown capital of Australia, former Hong Kong Thunderino, former Hong Kong board member, Hong Kong Rugby League board member. Jack, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good mate. Nice to hear your voice again. Uh, yeah, lovely evening down here as well, actually. It seems to actually, uh, last couple of weeks, or no, maybe last week, just sort of got that spring sort of Ooh. feeling in the air, which is quite nice. Whereas, whereas I think you guys in Portier, you don't really have a winter, um, but we sort of have a couple of months of pretty cold. So now it's starting to, yeah, it was like 19 degrees today, beautiful sunshine out. So I think it's just September, October. Yeah, those are the beautiful sort of months down here. Um, yeah, lovely, a lovely week of rugby league. Yeah, you know, I mean, you call us the lock or you're the former lockdown capital, but at the end of the day, we're still lockdown, right? So you are. It's, been, it's a debacle. Um, but yeah, uh, and we're doing it on a Sunday evening, which isn't too bad. It's just, um, you know, you sort of preempted. You know, I had the people's jab, AstraZeneca yesterday. You thought I'd be feeling pretty poor so that's why you sort of shifted the evening i mean it's not too bad it's just you know with everything can sunday evenings can sort of be with a family can be pretty horrific with the week coming up in schools and stuff but um yeah the people's jab didn't do anything to me actually in fact so so you took so just for our listeners you took um upon yourself as did i on friday to march into the local gp and um demand a people's jab astrazeneca none of that um, you know, top shelf designer Pfizer stuff. You wanted the people's jab. I wanted the people's jab. How did you fear today? You you had no effects. You didn't wake up with a fever last night. It's fine today, actually. It was as I said to you. You were, a few people were talking it up like um, I was going to feel really sick and stuff. Like you, I think you had a bad reaction. So mm. I was going in, and I put it as a metaphor, like when you're in like a southeast Asian country, which I've been in a few, like not on the tourist trail, on the back blocks. Like mm. when I've been working and stuff, I've gone to some random joints mm-hmm. and you'll see like a, uh, a little food vendor and they're like whipping up the most <laughs> smell. So amazing. And you're just like, oh, and to be honest, I'm 
I usually do eat it, right? And I, mm. that was a feeling I got. I was going in for something that should be good, but I was prepared to get sick. And sometimes when I've been in those Southeast Asian countries, I'm like, oh, it's worth this amazing uh, seafood pad thai or whatever for the, and I'll get sick. But I'm, to be honest, on my travels, I've only really got sick once, and it wasn't even sick. Like, not those stories you hear about cricket teams in India where like they can't get out of bed for two weeks. I just had the shits once in Cambodia. Oh, I like, had um... shits. The one we used to run like you, yeah. you go out night thing. You basically need to keep a toilet. You need to know where a toilet is at, at all, all times. I had it so bad in Peru, so bad. I was wow. bedridden for two days, and there was real talk that I wasn't going to be able to do Machu Picchu, and it was that, it was that convulsing, like you know, your pelvic region is moving forward and back, almost like you're break dancing, and you can't, you don't know whether you should go to the toilet or not, but you do, and then you're bedridden, and there's times that you just say. I actually would probably rather shit myself than get up and go to the toilet. Um, so I had it, I had it terribly. Apparently in Peru, they don't freeze like that. Their stomachs have built up such a tolerance to like, um, you know, eating half cooked meat and all that kind of stuff that they don't really have too high food safety, um, standards, but it's just the tourists that can't cop that shit. So I was chatting to someone who owned a, a restaurant over there and they said, look, I had to teach the locals basic food safety. You know, if you if you have meat, you know, you freeze it, blah, 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 all that kind of basics. Because he was saying that they just don't have it over there. They've been eating probably rancid slash half-cooked slash, you know, day to 10 days old past the use-by date um, meat for so long that their stomachs have developed such a tolerance. So they don't really, um, they don't really feel it. Um, you went to Peru, didn't you? Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't get sick at all on my uh, Gringo Trail travels. Um, but were you actually? You sh- like you got the shit, but I actually feel sick as well. Yeah, it was that sharp pain, that sharp, yeah. like proper. I think I had a doctor visit me in a hotel. It was that bad. I've never. I'll give you this, and I don't know whether this is good or bad, but I've never been as sick any time in my whole life as I've been pissed, like, just too hungover. Like, to me, that is the pinnacle of sicknesses. No matter, I think I've had the flu, I've had, you know, to me, a bad hangover is the worst illness I've ever had. (sighs) No, I've had a couple of real shockers, uh, appendix out and that, bad, bad, bad times. But, I mean, look, I'm not going to throw down your suggestion of piss crooks the worst crook. It is the pinnacle because I think you've... You've, it's like playing a game of footy. The next day, your body's sore. And it's that saying, isn't it? That, it's sort of like that saying by, I think it was Sinatra or something, that goes, I feel sorry for people that don't drink. Like, when they wake up in the morning, that's the best they'll feel all day. Like, to me... That's that was almost, Hemingway, wasn't it? Maybe it was Hemingway. But to mm-hmm. me, it's almost like, I do get some pretty bad hangovers. And I'm just... And I'm thinking, like they sort of set the scene for me. It's like mm. every, I reckon I get a pretty bad hangover or not anymore much, but I reckon in, in my Hong Kong years, so my 25 to 35s, I reckon I'd have two shockers uh, a year where mm. Monday work, you literally, oh, you might try and turn up, but you just, you're stuck. Sometimes I just couldn't even, like that time 
when you guys came to visit me in Hong Kong, for uh, my going away, that was a that was a killer. Like you couldn't that, come out on the Sunday. Your wife took your phone and said, "Look, I don't think Jack can come out today. He's that bad." Yeah, exactly. And I was real bad on the Monday too. But I mean, yeah, I mean, even good luck COVID to try and be make me that painful, like be that make me that. Sick, but but you know? back to those side of the road food. Now we went to um, the Westerners once. Cricket to a three, I believe it was. And we ate every night on the way home, either in Jamaica or Barbados, your jerk chickens or your mac pie. Not once did I ever think that I was going to get um, food poisoning from that stuff. <laughs> like macaroni pie. Like, there's not much that can really go wrong with that one. But I <laughs> That's a national dish. Yeah, I know, quite. But I'm all, what I do think is if you're on those trips and you're drinking as much alcohol as we are. Mm. I've got a theory, and it's a stupid theory, but the alcohol, whatever bad thing came from the food, the alcohol just kills it. Neutralizes it. This one's bad theory. It's common sense. Actually, oh, actually, we've got a listener, Dr. Foley. Mm. I'd like to know whether there's an actual medical theory or scientific theory that if you're on a big, like, boozing trip with the lads, generally, and you're running the gauntlet with your food, that the alcohol could potentially just kill the bacteria off in your stomach. Well, he invented or pioneered a diet, um, a festival diet in the um, early 2010s, and he called it the Foley diet because he basically didn't need to eat. And his claim, and this is right the way through the day, and his claim is if you get over a certain point of the day and you just keep drinking, you suppress your hunger, there is enough... um, you, you, your body gets given enough, I guess, maybe not nutrients, but um, what would Calorie. they be? Carbs? Calories. Calories, sorry. I'm an idiot. Calories that you don't actually need to eat. And every time you eat, um, because that's a present that gives the body what it's need, when you get over a certain point, everything that you do eat goes and gets directly stored as fat. So those kebabs on the way home are actually not great for you. And ever since I learned about the Foley diet, I did practice it on a couple of, I think I practiced it in a Splendor in the Grass, maybe in a Glastonbury as best I could. Um, but maybe he can call in on the show next week and, and, and tell us a little bit more about the Foley diet. So I'm, I'm 38 now. And I think I've just think of maybe the last six months I've actually hit that point in my life where I don't eat as much. Like sometimes I'll, Finish my day at work, or are we going to be like, fuck, I didn't really eat much that today. Like, That's I a lie. Much. You gave us that food diet from Magic Round. You ate shitloads. No, no, but that was Magic. Like, I'm talking about day, like. Normal days. That wasn't it. Even, but I'm just saying, in my 20s, like, literally, my serving sizes were just. <laughs> That's true. Like, just, I agree. Like, but yeah, I'm just, and it's quite good, like, because, I mean, I'd, I'd be obese, I think, obese if I, uh, was eating like I was a 20 year Yeah, I just don't, I don't, like sometimes if I go out, like for an Indian, like when we get out of lockdown, the family's mm. done sort of a tradition to go down to a local Indian restaurant mm. and I'll absolutely pig myself out. But when I was in my 20s, I'd do that maybe probably twice a week. I remember hearing about that stupid theory that people used to say, as you say in your mid 20s, you'd hear about, oh, you're only supposed to eat um, meat the size of a small hand or a fist. And I used to just say, fucking what? Like, you'd eat three times that. But now, I'm on with you. Like, at home, away from, you know, 
out and on a on a trip, a, a place where you're expressing yourself, having fun at home during the week. I don't eat as much. There's no way. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We've we've digressed. So you had the people's jab. You felt you you didn't wake up with a fever. No, it felt fine I overnight. Mean, no, just this. Quite a few drinks yesterday too to try and just sort of do the old uh, cut through. Kill the COVID virus. Yeah. Cause just give the COVID right. Just kill the mm. COVID off. Seem to work all right. Mm. Fuck. Okay. Well, you're a better man than me. I, I woke up on Friday night shaking, and I'd heard about this. Like I'd heard a lot of people that had Astra, people's jab, um, had woken up with a fever. I woke. I was shaking so hard the bed was rattling. But that only lasted for about half an hour. So took some. What, parent- I wonder if there's a uh, a relationship between your reaction hmm. and what COVID would actually do to you. Like, I don't know. Maybe you'd you'd just yeah. walk straight through COVID, but someone like me that didn't have anything probably COVID would take me out. Potentially, I also um, I felt awful yesterday. I felt like I've been hit by a bus, but I did have a cold early last week, and I probably wasn't over it enough. So that that, that could have been that. Anyway, so we have we digress. We. I can smell. We talked about September before. I mean, there's three rounds to go. We are in peak rugby league. We can smell September. 21 rounds played, but we did miss a couple of shows. For we actually started last week and had technical issues twice. Wanted to go back a week because we've been on record saying pretty much all year it's the Storm and Panthers. It's the Storm and Panthers. But Manly, even though they lost last week, they've entered that echelon, that conversation, haven't they? Well, I think anyone in their right, any knowledgeable league person, I think if you've got if they've got any um, uh, kudos as a leaguey, they should think that Manly are a better chance than Rabbitohs to win the GF. Totally. There's no yeah, I'm just question. Saying, there's some listeners out there that yeah. that'll be controversial too, but you guys need to have a look at yourselves. There's no, there's, no, there's absolutely no question that Manly are a better chance than the Rabbitohs. But if you look, okay, so the Ma- Manly, straight. say that again. The Rabbitohs have won ten straight. Oh, crazy! The Rabbitohs have lost three. So the top three teams in the comp this year have lo- have lost a combined eight games. And a lot of those are between themselves. So if you take off the first four weeks of the season when there was no turbo, and I think they lost a game without him too post-Origin, maybe to the Raiders at Brookie. They've only lost three games yep. with Tom Tabrovich, the same amount of games the Rabbitohs lost. So I think you can say, yeah, pretty, but the... I will say this, though. The Rabbitohs, in the last two weeks, I know they're beating up on shit teams. They've just, for me, entered the echelon of teams that could win the comp. I think they now are... There's a top four. There's a genuine four. And I think the Rabbitohs are a genuine chance. What do you say to that? Yeah. I still think Manly on their day... I think Manly have just got that wee bit more of an X factor. However, however, there's been some news that have come out in the last hour or two, Rihari, mm-hmm. that does shake this comp right to its foundations. Mm-hmm. Tommy T. That 
Tommy T's got a cheekbone fracture. Now, I haven't... Oh, admittedly, two ministers, I'm sorry, I haven't done enough research, but I'm hearing some people say he's out for the rest of the regular season. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing others say he's out for the season. No, what, what, what are, what's your thoughts on I that? I just read two to three weeks. So I think a cheek fracture like that, they're going to rest him up for two weeks, and I think he's going to play the last round because it's actually bloody important. And, and they probably might take a look. Right, this Sea Eagles-Raiders game is incredibly important. Um, coming into next week. The Raiders have been kissed on the dick. They're sitting in ninth spot, and now they play a manly side without Tom Dubrovich. But I do feel that this manly side, they've got their shit together a lot more without Turbo now than they did in the first four weeks. So I actually think they're capable of jagging a game without Tom. But their top four hopes now without Tom... Fuck, you've got to say the Roosters are going to finish fourth now. Really? I think the Roosters are on 30 points, Eagles and Eels 28-28, and then there's a huge drop-off to the Knights 22. So the Eagles this week have Raiders. Now that is an incredibly important game because if they drop that, the Roosters have got the Dragons who are a walk-up two points. They're a walking fucking two points. They're the definition of a... You know how some of those in cricket, they say a walking wicket? I've always enjoyed that saying like Rory Burns or what's that uh, Sibley walking wicket the Dragons are a walking two points at the moment aren't they for an opposition yeah in fact I'd probably be more complicated two off than the dogs yeah yep yep barbecue at Vaughnies 0-5 since jeez I don't don't want to talk about that I know because it'll just bring back dredge up um Old, uh, bad memories. So, Cody Walker. I heard a few super super Aussies this week talk about, you know, the big story this week is uh, why Freddie preferred Moses to Cody Walker. And, and, and whilst I don't think it's a big story, it is a very relevant fucking call, though. Shout out to you, Stu Rich. Is, what the fuck? How could you pick... Moses, and I, I think Moses deserved... Hey, hold on, Harry. You're the one at the time saying it's the right call. I He's said Moses form. deserves a crack, but when you actually put him up against Cody Walker, it's a terrible call. Yeah, Cody Walker's going to end up like Nathan Mira, isn't he? Fuck, Cody Walker's good. He's actually insanely good. Yeah, and, and he, he was a late bloomer in NRL too, which is makes it even... Weird, but as I think we t- I talked to about you in, in the weekend that he must he's a he's a oh, excuse my French but he's a cunt at the moment. Mm. It just must he mustn't have been able to get into like first grade when he was in twenty twenty one because he was just a bigger bigger cunt because he was just immature carrying on like a pork shop like we saw his karate kick up at Nimbin or whatever it was over summer. That's from a twenty eight year old man. Well. It's and it's the dropping the elbow on the back of the neck. It's the late hits. Like, yeah, you can do that when you're Cody Walker in the NRL, but he was probably doing that when he was an unknown guy in Queensland Cup. So maybe that was the held him back. But he's playing out of his skin. Trowel looks good to me right now. I think we're going to see if a semi or a finals game. Sorry, when Trowel's going to do some things that are going to cause the rugby league world to just go bananas. I think he is. 
He's on the verge. I feel like he's on the verge of doing some special things. He's actually 31, Cody Walker. Wow. Mm. Casino, not Nimbin. Where's Casino? Uh, up north, like that real northern New South Wales, sort of going tropo-based. <laughs> nice. Big league right. area, though. Um, what the fuck has happened to the Eels? Like, this is a team... I know everyone's probably most hated team. This is a team that has looked like genuinely good over the last 24 months at different stages that have been compared to, you know, top four teams. Astute leagueies like yourself and me. And, you know, there's always a little bit of fool's gold there. Like, that just it's, they've played great league, but you'd never trust that group of players and must win semifinal football. But what's happened to them? They've fallen off a cliff. Um, I just can't explain it, how bad they look. I think it's something to do with Jacob Arthur and maybe Brad Arthur giving him a opportunity at first grade when some people probably didn't think he was... And you're always going to have that sort of accusations of nepotism and that, but that's all I could think about. But, but the other factor about the whole eels and that, like, there's this unwritten, uh, unconscious law in rugby league that started because it was a very Sydney-based New South Wales rugby league competition, that manly are hated, right? Mm-hmm. We, and there's, a, there's that there's that bloody uh, famous sign, right, mm-hmm. that says something like, yeah, don't worry, we hate you too, or something. There's that Brookie Oval. Mm-hmm. Like, when did it... Like, Parra are way more hated than them now. Oh, there is... League- think that everyone hates Manly. That's not true. Everyone actually loves Manly. Yeah. When did I, it change? I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't remember in my lifetime, maybe maybe in the 90s when Manly were a bit of a glamour club, I think they might have been hated. In the, in the early professionalism, they seemed to be probably the most professional club and maybe the Broncos as well. So they used to bring yeah, in a lot of rugby players, converts right. from New Zealand. They had a lot of glamorous players, your Ian Roberts's, your Tuvies, etc. I think maybe then I would say that they were hated. But no, no, it uh, happened before then. No, I know. Day. It was the Fibros versus the um, Silvertails. Like, that's where the hatred came from. But I'm just trying to say, in my lifetime, I don't think I've ever really experienced a manly team that's been hated. And maybe the only time was that early professional era. Um, I, I definitely know where it came from. It was your Wests v Manly, wasn't it? Those late 2000s teams, like, you and I loved them, right? Because they mm. had Matai and Warren and stuff, but mm. they were still not, they still weren't liked within the sort of Sydney League community at that stage. Yeah. I just think now, though, because it, it, all it takes is a couple of players and Tom Tabojic. Well, turbos. It's the Turbos. Yeah, that, I think it's the turbos and almost like even to be saying there's got to be an investigation like that's almost, that counts. Yeah, that's, that's that certainly counts. Started. Like the club just up. Yeah. So Ryan Madison, speaking of hated players, hated clubs, Ryan Madison's facing a minimum three week suspension for a high shot on Brad Parker. Any other big? Um, no, no big ones. Looking down. Oh. Radley. Oh, yeah. Harawiranaira on um, Jar Hughes. How many weeks is he going to get for that? Oh, he's gone for the season. He'll so, like, that's four weeks. Four weeks. 
He's facing a four-week ban. Now, let's go back. Now, the difference is, Ralph Foy Milano did it on uh, Pepinhazen. If you do it on Jar, you only get four weeks. Maybe Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, Roosters Lock, Victor Radley uh, and Tyson Gamble are facing extended stays on the sideline. Radley's facing a suspension of three to four weeks for that target of Albert Kelly. So that game, as as you'll know well, so in our fantasy um, NRL comp, shout out to the CRI, we have a competition called Let It Ride, which is when you, you bet and then you pass the bat in and then the pool, as the pool, the pot grows, you bet the whole pot on the bet. So we had the Broncos... Um, we had the Roosters to win against the Broncos, so we were riding that hard. And some bizarre, it was a bizarre last five minutes, really, wasn't it, after what happened? But what did you think about the Radley on Albert Kelly? It's kind of gutting if you're oh. a Roosters fan, but it's fair enough, right? Um, yeah, the more I've thought about it over the weekend, I'm actually sort of happy, I'm happy with that decision. Same. Um, I think you can't go at the legs, right? Like, Scott, mm. Remember the the wrists of Scotty, like the injuries of Scotty Prince and mm-hmm. that guy that used to play with Joel, it was a Joel Tony, Kane's Tony brother. Tony Kane, his brother. Mm. Okay. Like those horrific, I think he did his on Steve Price charge did. down, didn't he? Yep. Um, you know, that, I think you can still charge it down without going for the legs because it is a horrible injury if, yes, I'm happy with it in, in, in uh, summary. And then, I was thinking about this today. When the Bronco, when the Roosters challenged that Broncos thing in the last minute, hmm. were they challenging because they thought there was a high shot? Yes. Okay. Good. It was a. They threw it out there though because I saw Tedesco and it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a oh. confident challenge. He was just like, "Well, what else have we got to lose? It's the last two minutes well, of the game." I quite like that though. Just the hail mary uh, yeah. challenge. You got to do it. Yeah. It's like a um, you know, it's a it's a, like a DRS in cricket, isn't it? Does does but in cricket? It's interesting enough you say that, but sometimes with it's a number eleven, they don't even like they 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 do leave some uh, reviews on the table in cricket. I've noticed. Which I is think weird. it's a respect thing. Is it okay? Yeah. yeah, gentleman's game and all that. League is not a gentleman's game. So it's a thugs game played in heaven or something, isn't it? Oh, I like that. It's not in heaven. There's no thugs in heaven. What did you call it though? The the proletariat's ballet. No, the opera of the proletariat. <laughs> opera of the proletariat. I like that. Oh, no, what do you think? It is the opera of the New South Wales and Queensland proletariat, right? Fuck like, yeah. You know what? Went to a private school and that you'd actually go to the Sydney Opera House and watch on a fellow or that. But if you are just like a tradesman that lays pipes for the local council drinks deer before you as soon as you get out of your ute to lay the pipes you'll pick up the daily telegraph and that is your drama it's your that is your op- that's your home in a way isn't it cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm shocked so usually the cronulla sharks struggle for sponsors on their jerseys don't they like they've probably gone more games on a blank jersey than any other club why uh, yep. the Fuck, aren't they on the phone to AstraZeneca? AstraZeneca what? would really fucking could do with a little bit of support right now and get it across the and blazing across the jersey. Gomo would definitely help with that. He's mates with AZ guys, and he's a big Sharks fan. Absolutely. 
he'll hook them up, you know. 100%. Does Victor Radley need to do, like, I was listening to Triple M, right, and it was Gordy was chatting to Paul Kent just um, on the way to the park with the kids. And uh, Gordy was going, well, Victor Radley can't change the way he plays because that's just who he is. And if you're there as club, then you've got to bank on five to eight games a year of him not playing. And Kent was just like, what the fuck, Gordy? You can't have any player that you don't have for a third of the season. And Gordy was like, well, he's too small. He can't, you know, he can't change the way he plays. And I was just thinking, well, Cam Murray's the same size. You just, Victor Raddy likes putting in those big hits. He just has to change who he is. Be a legs tackler, be a Cam Murray. Like, Victor Radley's actually a dumb cunt. Like, I do love him because he's a, a local boy, Croc, um, from, from the local catchment area. And I do like the fact that he will take on anyone and, you know, go after your TPJs of the world. But, mate, you've just got to start going, okay, I'm no longer that enforcer type player. I'm going to be a little bit more of a, the ball playing Victor Radley. And I'm a leagues tackler. Like, it's not fucking hard just to change the way that you tackle, is it? But hold on a second. I hmm. agree. But I, I actually think Victor Radley has changed. Right? The last few weeks, I mean, let's... I think you've got to take that last five-minute uh, leg diver, Albert Kelly, out of it. That is just Victor Radley being a competitor. That's that fine. Could happen to, that could have happened to anybody. Like, that could have happened to bloody... Who's the uh, who's the uh, nicest guy in our generation of league? Oh, Alan Tung. Hey, Alan Tung. Yeah, Alan Tung or Tom Leroy Lars or David Shillington. Anyone could have done. <laughs> David like, Shillington. Well, he's a nice guy. Mate, he loved a blue. Did he? Yes, got into heaps of I, fights because he hated being called Sh- Shillow the Pillow. Who was the nicest guy in rugby league? Alan Tung, Scott Prince. Scott Prince, yeah, quite. Anyway, Benji? That, all I'm saying is what happened to Victor hmm. would have happened to anybody who competes at rugby league. Yeah, but he's got carryover points probably because he's got so many fucking... Like, did you see the game against the Broncos when he got simbin three times? The, the, the legs charge down thing, that should be a different stream of... Uh, bad boy behaviour. You should have, like, your high shots, like, your punches and high... Like, they should... Maybe they are related, but... Grade 2, dangerous contact charge. I think that just is any kinds of dangerous contact. Ah, fuck it, man. Oh, okay, back to that. Does Victor Radley need to change the way he plays? Because, I yes, like... You... And he, and I, I think he has a little bit. He just needs to keep evolving. But, yeah, you're right. If you're throwing... I don't know. Did Matai... Did mm. Steve Matai, when he was going, I don't even know if he even checked the market when he was in the middle of his career, but when he was checking the the market in the middle of his career, was he getting offered 100k less than Josh Morris, say, because he had that record? Probably. But Manly probably were like, nah, we like him. We like him around the, we know what he can do around the club. Mm. Oh, I just, yeah, I think the Radley thing is, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I just didn't appreciate the the, the I mean, take from. This, this is sad. Like, if like Steve and I, if I look back in my early debut, oh seven, no, no wait, wait, oh four, he has given some of the like in my life. I talk about the birth of my first child, uh, graduation, 
and I talk about Matai with the cornrows. <laughs> like, he's given me such great moments in my life. If that was taken away with some stupid rules from PVL, oh, I'd be gutted. But the crackdown's over, let's be honest. Because a crackdown, by very definition, is, I don't know, I don't think it's temporary, but it was a temporary crackdown, wasn't it? It's over now. Like, people are doing fucking ro- woeful things and getting away with it. Like, the crackdown's gone. These send-offs yeah, aren't even the in the game anymore. It has left some uh, scars. Like, if you hit them in the head, you're gone no matter what, even mm. if they fall down. Mm. Yeah, some, there's, some weak, there's some weak shit going on. No, no doubt. No doubt about it. Um can we just quickly say, can Shane Flanagan get the fuck out of our, off our TVs? I don't mind him. Oh, I'm a, The last week, I've actually realised no. all these all these people that are slaying off commentators, I don't think they know how hard, like, you guys get out there and commentate. Mate, I will. But I don't, I, I want you to get out there because you're not going to be that good either. Mate, I, I Flanagan... Jesus. I like his insights into the game. Apparently, um, there's a lot of chat about how Buzz is just pushing his agenda so much because he wants him to get the Eels job. They'd have some Eels dirty job. secrets, wouldn't they, Buzz and Flano? Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. Um, <coughs> so, I, I mean, the poor guy with his son being so shit. Yeah, but he also fucking broke the law on a number of different occasions. Um, Okay, today we saw a double header at Redcliffe with a crowd. It's fucking unbelievable, wasn't it? That that field today was like a billiard table. It was beautiful. Um, the name of the ground, you're going to get this, aren't you? Morton Daly Stadium. Morton Daly Stadium. Stadium. It's a lovely uh, weekday uh, circular in the... Morton Bay Peninsula. I look, quite like looking at the crime uh, pages. So Morton, is that Morton Bay where Morton Bay bugs are from? Yeah, that's where Redcliffe is. Yeah. Wow. Today confirmed it for me. Redcliffe needs to be the next NRL franchise. Now, not just for the fact that beautiful stadium, great area, league heritage, but we need to step in on the Brisbane Firehawks and that logo of theirs. There is no way that we can let that be representative of a professional NRL franchise. I like everything about Redcliffe. I think the because other Dolphins, aren't they? Am I right? Yeah, but I, look, to be honest with you, Harry, we're so far, I think we're so far off expansion at the moment. Isn't it next year? No, nah, no, nah, it's not. Year after. PVL will make the call that he, he can see there's not enough players, not enough talent. It's next year. Oh, sorry, it's a year after next, isn't it? It's been confirmed. No, it hasn't. They'll change it. It's okay. Not, mate, there's not... The, the, the players that are getting wheeled out at the moment, like, for fuck's sake, Adam Shop, like, nice guy, tries hard. He's the best player in the Bulldogs team. <laughs> there's some, there are some not NRL-ready footballers in that dog side. Fuck, did you see the size of Corey Hornsborough's motor? Yes. God, he, he was, I mean, he was the definition of a cult hero, wasn't he? Last yeah, but I mean, year. He played quite well. I liked the it. The actual two, the two, uh, Raiders loan players were actually pretty good. So was Hornsborough with Harawera Naira when 
they did that preseason. Was was who was the other player with Corey preseason that um, got drunk driving? Was it Corey Hornsborough? Pardon? No, no, you're not talking the dogs one. For the Raiders. Uh, yeah, but maybe it was Corey Hornsby. Because Hornsby has not been seen in a Raiders jumper this year. Uh, he's had a few games, handful. Has he? Jeez, he looked fat today. Um, okay, so the, the probably the most exciting thing of the next three weeks, because we've got our... So the Storm... Who are due a loss. Like, we haven't talked about the Storm yet. They're playing pretty averagely and winning. If you're Bellamy, you're definitely going to rest your players last week of the finals versus the Sharks. Um, Because I think even if the Panthers win, they're different. Their points difference is 160 apart. So I think once the Storm work out, you know, last week that, that, that they can win the minor premiership, then they will rest that last week against the Sharks. So that's actually going to be a really important game for the eight if the Sharks happen to win a couple of games leading up to that. So the Panthers, they're going to be secured in... Ooh, no. Panthers, not necessarily in second. Um, and then there's that, that battle for the five, which I think... Uh, for the four, which potentially Roosters could make. Um, they could probably nail that down with a win against the Dragons. And then you've got, effectively, you've got the Tigers, Warriors, Dragons, Sharks, Raiders, Titans, and Knights going for the last two slots. I think the Knights, with their... Have you heard? Now, the Knights draw. I'm going to pull this up. Okay. Let me get this. So, the Knights have... Okay. They've got three games to go. They've got the no, no, they've got the dogs, the Titans, and the Broncos. So, based on who the Knights are, that's you know on anyone else, that's that's a very nice. It's a juicy, um, it's a very juicy run home. But the Knights aren't. The Knights haven't looked that good the last couple of weeks, have they? They just uh, they the last couple of weeks. But I just feel that they could lose to the Titans and Broncos. Of course, they could. So they're not necessarily home and host. Everyone's going, oh, the Knights are going to get seventh. They're not home and host. Yes, they're two points ahead. They're not necessarily home and host. I think you can rule a black line through the Dragons and the Sharks. Now, yeah, let's... The let's run like they. Well, they we'll go to the Sharks run home. Because they need to win all three. They've got the, yeah, be, they've got the Tigers... And then they got the Storm last Tigers, round. Broncos, Storm. But the Storm would be resting players for that. Yeah, quotes. It's so, actually a good comp this year. So there is a world where the Sharks pick up all three. So I'm not going to... Even though they don't have Johnson and they have lost three straight, all without Johnson, they are still technically a chance. The Raiders in ninth spot have got Manly, the Warriors... And the Roosters. So no Tommy Turbo. I mean, the Raiders. They're not dead. That's what I'm saying. They're it's, not dead. I think this time last year, we knew what the eight was. Yeah, we did. The Titans have got Storm. The Knights, which is an enormous game, and then the Warriors, an enormous game at Seabus Super. 
So there's a world where we only win two of our last three and make the eight. Who's we? The Warriors? Yep. That's a, that's a, that's wow. potential. It's all going to come down to four and against. Now the Dragons, I think you know where this is going. They've got the Roosters, the Cowboys, and the Rabbitohs. They are going to win one game at most. Probably even back the Cowboys there too. So the, the, they're gone. They can at the most finish on 20 points. There's no way they've been the Roosters or Rabbitohs. And then the Tigers, Sharks, Panthers, Dogs. Wow. So I don't see the Tigers being the Sharks. So the Tigers, Sharks, basically. So next week, loser of the Tigers, Sharks, gone. Yeah. Great game. Huge game. Then Penrith put... Saturday to make me. Yeah, so then Penrith put 40, 50 points on the Tigers. And then the Tigers' dogs, I mean, knowing the Tigers, they'll just lose that game to the dogs in the last round. And finish ninth. And finish, no, like, I don't think they can finish ninth. They're too far behind. But stranger things happen. And then the Warriors. So I think that all the teams they play. Oh. So Broncos. Yeah. Raiders. The, the Broncos game is at 4 p.m. Sunday. So Ooh. our season is still alive to the last game next week. But I think no other games are going to determine if that season is alive or not, if you know what I mean. What do you mean? So as in, like, we can wait, we have to wait all the way to the end. All I'm saying is, imagine if we had the Thursday night game and we lost last week. Oh, got you, got you, got you. Then Raiders... On a Friday night pub game. Oof. And then Titans Super Super 2 p.m. Sunday. So it's all on. Now, I think next week we could probably kiss goodbye. If, you know, we could kiss goodbye to the Dragons and all the Tigers and the Sharks next week. Gee whiz. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful race for the eight. Have we seen a better race for the eight? Uh, well, not last year, but uh, there's always a few. Like sometimes we actually have years we have we have this race for the eight, and we could come uh, like the people in tenth could still come fourth. Yes, yeah, I think I think the difference between the, it's on paper it's a great race for the eight, but you're racing to get fucking flogged unless you get the eels now. Whereas so the, remember 2018, remember 2018, like, yep. we finished, eighth. did we finish eighth? And there's two points yep. between first and eighth, or four How points. How good was that? Yeah, yeah. that was a good comp. And remember, that, yeah, I've just remembered this, Rihari. Mm. Remember, <laughs> I think it was this round, we lost to the Dogs. Yeah, Lachlan Lewis, his debut, and got a field goal. I know exactly where I was. Uh, I was down at the park watching it on my phone. And we were winning, and we came. We were then we were losing. And then we came back and scored under the post, tied it, and then that fucking field goal from Lockie Lewis. Yep, that fucked us. Um, okay, so we've basically previewed it anyway. Um, looking ahead next week, we're full blown September footy Thursday night. Titans Seabus Super to the storm. Then we've got on Friday pub game Raiders Eagles. 
and then Panthers Rabbitohs second third. Wow, Suncorp double header. Fuck me, juicy. You want to be at home on a Friday night? Then on Saturday in Rockhampton Brown Park. You been there? No. Tigers Sharks. Um, back to see bus super Saturday for a double hit. This, these double hitters in Queensland are just, these are going to be once in a generation. Dogs, Knights, Eels, Cowboys, nothing to see there. Um, and pretty average first game on Sunday. Another double. Oh, no, we don't have double hitter. You've been to Clive Berghofer Stadium in Toowoomba? No, are they playing an the NRL game there next yep. year? Dragons, week. Roosters. And then we've back oh, to Suncorp. Oh, no, I haven't been I haven't the game there. Back to Suncorp, where the Warriors are eighty favourites over the Broncos, $2. Whew. Huge weekend of footy. Wow. Huge weekend for the for the battlers. For the battlers. Um, geez, it's different when you win a game, isn't it? Oh, it's just it's a great, even though it was probably a less than convincing win, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, we should, any half-decent team would have put 45, 50 points on that Bulldogs side. But we managed to just scrape by. We can't, we can't beat teams by, by many points. It's a, it's a real, uh, it's a real habit of ours. It's just by just not putting teams away. Um, yeah, but also the thing is the bloody, the Bulldogs attack God. is just so woke. So right, bad. giving them 10 points. Like first one was an intercept. Okay. Annoyed about it. Probably should have kept the corner, but is what it is. And then we let bloody Ockenbohr score. God, he, he is. He's close to the worst player in the NRL. He could be the worst player of the last 10 years. Like genuine, like, you know, players come and go, play one or two games. Ockenbohr's played enough games now to be ranked. And he's, he's as bad as it gets. Have you seen his running style? Yeah, something's, I don't know what's wrong. Something's not right there, eh? Yeah. He does not run like a footballer. Um, (laughs) he, he, yeah, this high knees kind of, I don't know what it is. Um, just looking here on NRL.com, the NRL 2020 fans poll. Do they still do the players poll? No, no, because they got rid of rugby league week, didn't they? Peter Volandis wouldn't let them do it anyway. Nah. And it's such a it's such a um, tight knit community now because that and that's why I sort of don't like them. I mean, I'm enjoying the Queensland, but <coughs> having them, I don't like teams being so matey, and I don't like teams being able to loan players on such a short stint like James and. I just like my teams to hate each other. Yeah, no, I think there's enough of that. I think there's enough hate out there. Definitely. Well, I think there's no love lost between certain teams. Um, well, recently, I that David Pidwell thing. That sort of stuff keeps you thinking our game's still great. It is. Um, so the full extent of Trebojevic's injuries yet to be confirmed by Manly officials. However, NRL.com's been told it's a minor fracture of the re- of and a reoccurrence of a 2018 cheekbone fracture that cost him an end-of-season kangaroo's birth. He's got a plate inserted there three years ago to prevent serious injury from occurring. Tom's got some swelling and bruising. He'll be given every chance to prove his fitness for next Friday's game against Canberra. 
Well, he looked. He, they interviewed him straight after the game, and he looked okay. So, Trebojevic is considered unlikely to be risked on the six-day turnaround. Agree, but fuck, they know. They know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know. Dylan Walker at fullback. Jesus, that's what Jesus. That's that's the alternative. Mm. And anyway. he's going all right, old Dylan Walker. He's starting to get back into the team. It's taken a while though. I mean, they just seem to be playing like a team. Like everyone's everyone's playing their part. I mean, they they missing like on the other night. They didn't have, and I'm no Kepi, uh, Sika or Sipley. Yeah, it's a few decent. Decent players. I mean, man, I can't wait to watch Manly play finals. I mean, this once we get the first week of finals out of the way, the second week of finals is going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, quite. Once we just get rid of, we shed two shit teams, which we probably will. Um, okay, well, that's that's enough for uh, Sunday. We will it's be back. The finals, though, because then you know the league season's coming to an end. Hmm. Better sweat. And there's no rep footy. Hmm. Anyway. We will see you this time next week. Gotta love your league. Love your league. If it leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. If league leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part.